Hey there, it's Vashti Sarah. Welcome back to Post Blog. If this is your first time listening, go ahead and hit the subscribe button, like button, follow button, share button, all the buttons to stay connected with the Post Blog podcast. And for those of you who this is not your first time, welcome back. Happy Wednesday. I hope y'all are having a great start to the month of April. April is by far one of my favorite months apart from March because March is my birthday and then December because December is all family and you know Thanksgiving and November is all great and also December because of my husband's birthday but the month of April is Resurrection Sunday but it is also Jared's and I anniversary so on April 29th will be one complete year of marriage and let me tell you it's going great 1010 recommend marrying your best friend. So at the end of this month, I will have a podcast out talking about our one year recap and Jared will be on that podcast. It'll be fun. We'll talk about all the things. We'll talk about marriage. We'll talk about conflict resolution, highlights in marriage, uh, downsides, Well, not necessarily downside of marriage because marriage is a beautiful thing, but the struggles that marriage brings and that's okay. That's a part of life. Whether you are married or not, there will be struggles. There will be trying times. And then we'll also talk about the wonderful hot topic, sex. So don't forget to tune in in that episode. And again, that will be I believe it's the last week in April, if not the week before the last week in April, something like that. So yes, one year recap for our one year anniversary. Now let's get into today's episode. Today we're going to talk about compassion, but not compassion only. We're going to talk about selective compassion. Here's the thing. If you are honest with yourself, if you look in the mirror and you are completely honest, you will be able to say, yes, I have selective compassion. If you don't know what selective compassion is, it's when we compartmentalize areas where we should have compassion or people we should have compassion towards. So for instance, if someone died of a DUI, suicide, drug overdose, or death sentence because of committing a serious crime or whatever it may be, we tend to not have compassion. For some of us, it's our own political leaders. If something bad happens to them, we naturally say, yeah, good riddance. They deserved it. And all the things that we can possibly say in our eclectic verbal language that we have. But we have selective compassion. We have that idea or that ideology that only certain people deserve compassion only certain people deserve second chances and only certain people deserve to receive that compassion and second chance now let me say this I get it people commit some heinous crimes they do some crazy crap that you know at the end of the day we want revenge we want to be avenged and we want to be the victor and we want to feel like you know They got paid for what they did and they got what they deserve. And, you know, that's a part of the human nature. That's a part of our makeup in the sense of I believe that's more a part of our sin nature than anything else, honestly. But if we look in Bible times, if we look historically for for Christians specifically, 
Jesus never walked in that light. He always extended compassion. He always extended mercy. And it didn't matter what that person's track record was. It didn't matter what their resume was, whatever they were were presenting to Jesus. All it mattered was that they had the right heart. And if they had the right heart of repentance, Jesus would forgive them and he'd extend compassion and mercy because at the end of the day, no matter what that person did, it's still a soul and it's a soul that can enter the kingdom of God and, and do wonders for Jesus' kingdom, for God's kingdom. And we also see that in Old Testament literature. Now, in Old Testament, we can, and it's very evident that there were wars. There were different ways in order to combat the enemy. Now, that's completely separate from what we're talking about today. I'm talking about that one-on-one relationship you have with someone. I'm talking about that one person you have grave animosity towards because you feel like they deserve doomsday. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about war. I'm not talking about uh, any like world war conflict. I'm talking about how you view people and the compassion that you have towards them based on what fits your mold of what compassion should be and who should receive it. Now, backstory. When I was in elementary school, That's the first time I ever encountered that messy side of compassion. And I say messy because it was shown that it was compassion, but skewed. So one of my classmates uh, committed suicide. And initially, when we found out that he had passed away, I remember the teacher coming in and said, so-and-so, he passed away. And, you know, the entire class was shocked. We were you know, just completely lost for words. And some people started crying because they were good friends with him. And, you know, I was just very shocked because I I believe we were like 12 or 13 at that time. You know, we were so young. And to think that someone so young had passed away was just beyond us. And then we come to find out that he had committed suicide. Initially, when we found out that he passed away, there were tears. There were, you know, weeping. There were people who felt so sorry and just grieved that, you know, someone so young had passed away. And the moment, I kid you not, the moment we found out it was suicide, it's as if the entire atmosphere of the room shifted and everyone just became quiet. There were no more tears. There were no more weeping. There were no more extending of, oh, I feel so bad, compassion and all that. It immediately evaporated and judgment took the place of compassion. And it's interesting because I get it. We all have our our own perspective on what we should extend compassion to versus what we shouldn't. But at the end of the day, and this is just my perspective and my personal way of living life at the end of the day if we are to be good stewards if we are to be good examples of Jesus Christ there should not be a mold for where compassion should fit there should not be a specific category where if you died or if you suffered from this 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 and this then I will be compassionate towards you then I will feel sorry for you then you deserve a second chance but if you are suffering or if you die from this, 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 and this, then, oh, good riddance. You deserve it. Sorry, no compassion for you. Isn't that awful? Just the thought of that. And the crazy part is you and I, we do it naturally. But when you hear it from that perspective, you realize how awful and disgusting the human heart is. We've said to ourselves that 
lives don't matter and hurting families don't matter if the cost of their hurt or if the reason or the result of their hurt is due to their own choice. And that's not the heart of Christ. That's not compassion. That's being a hypocrite. Because if we say we love God and we love people, then love is without measure, is without boundaries. It's unconditional. And unconditional means you don't have to have a condition in order for you to be loved, in order for compassion to be extended towards you. You don't have to have a certain resume. You don't have to have a certain criteria in order to fit that mold for compassion. And the crazy part is many of us are walking around as pastors, speakers, evangelists, and the list goes on. We can quote scripture back and front from Genesis to maps. And we say we want people to enter the kingdom of God, but yet we've reserved compassion for those who we say are good in their suffering. But for those who are suffering because of their own choice, we don't care about them. We don't care about their soul. Matter of fact, we rejoice. We rejoice at the thought that they're suffering. We rejoice at the thought of their failure. And that, my friend, is being a hypocrite. We've played the role of God determining who deserves compassion and who doesn't. We're quick to cast judgments. And in our own judgment, we don't even realize how much of a hypocrite we are. And the interesting part is, you know, the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. Well, there really isn't. Because Jesus talks about this in Luke chapter 10, verse 30 through 35. And for those of you who grew up in the Christian faith, you'll know this story. It's very familiar. It's about the Good Samaritan. And if you aren't familiar with the parable, I'm going to basically read it for you right now. So you're welcome. So Luke chapter 10, verse 30 through 35 reads, Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest was going down the road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. So we're not really told here about this man. We aren't told if he is an alcoholic, a rapist, a killer, a pastor, a CEO of a famous store back then. We aren't really told much of this man. Did he have high status? Did he have wealth? Was he poor? We, d- we weren't told his skin color. All we were told was that he was coming from Jericho. He was robbed, stripped, and beaten. Now, you could assume if he came from Jericho, he might have this certain status, this certain feature. He might live a certain way. But honestly, we're not told anything other than he came from Jericho, was robbed, stripped, and beaten. But we see the priest and the Levite. These are people who we should expect to have compassion. These are people we would naturally assume would be the ones that would do the right thing. But they didn't. They actually chose to walk on the other side of the road and ignore the man that was in need. But yet these are the same people who say they love the Lord. They're priests. They're Levites. They know who God is. They know the Torah. They know the truth. And then the most unlikely person, a Samaritan, who back then, people were not entirely fond of them. That's the crazy part. A Samaritan of all people, 
He did not require an explanation to extend compassion. He didn't need to hear why that man was coming from Jericho, his story to show kindness. He didn't need any money from this man. He didn't need to know his status or anything if he committed a crime or didn't. He simply saw someone in need and was moved with compassion. You know, I feel like the world would be different if we just were able to grasp that compassion, that kindness is the catalyst for changed lives. If we only begin to see the power of compassion and kindness, the power this can do in someone's heart to move and to change. But we've missed it because we're so judgmental, because we're so entitled, especially this generation. We feel like because of our degrees, because of our status, because of where we are socially, we are entitled to be treated a certain way and we're entitled to treat others a certain way. Compassion is compartmentalized. Compassion is selective. Compassion only fits a certain mold. And we've completely missed it. We walk around patting ourselves on the back and we praise how great we are as Christians. And yet we neglect to see that there's a plank in our eyes as we judge the speck in others. Look, compassion does not translate to agreeing with someone else's lifestyle choices and decisions. It does not. It doesn't mean you agree with them by you extending compassion to a beggar, to the bruised, the broken, divorced, suicidal, criminal, whatever they did. You extending compassion doesn't say, I agree with your life choices, but it does say, I love you despite what you did. I love you despite we do not meet eye to eye. I love you because God loved you first and you deserve to be loved. When we extend compassion, when we truly live with a heart that's that's compassionate, we remove any grounds of judgment. We translate the gospel message that all needs hope. And we're able to see that this is a catalyst for change hearts. This is a catalyst for movement. Compassion is the heart of Christ. Compassion is what Jesus encapsulated here on earth. But what are you doing? What are you and I doing? We're self-focused. We're self-centered. We're judgmental, but on Sundays, we know how to praise Jesus. On Sundays during worship, we have our hands held and extended high and we're saying, yes, this is who I am. I'm a Christian. Look at me. But the moment we walk through the doors, what do we say? Did you notice what so-and-so is wearing? Did you notice so-and-so, whatever it may be? Did you hear that so-and-so's mom died from suicide? Did you hear so-and-so died from a drug overdose? Did you hear so-and-so is a rapist? And I get it. Those things are hard. Those things are hard to process. But let me tell you, a man who has the death sentence on him, if he asked Jesus, genuinely asked Jesus to come into his heart and ask for forgiveness, he has a better chance meeting Jesus face to face than you who's pretending to be a Christian. You're only Christian by name, but your heart is messy. And you're just as good. You fit the mold just as that man who's on death row. Sad reality, but it's real. Too many of us are walking around pretending to be Christians, pretending to be living out the gospel message for Instagram stories, for our Facebook posts, for people to like, comment and share and to promote you rather than to actually promote the gospel. Too many of us are living like hypocrites. And I'll be honest. 
Time's too short. Your life sentence here on earth, my life sentence here on earth is unknown. And my challenge to you is very simple. Reevaluate your life. Reevaluate what compassion is. Because if people have to fit a certain mold in order for you to extend compassion, then you have compassion completely wrong. Compassion is unconditional. It's a part of what love is. It's a part of what Christ's love is. So my friend, you who's listening today, all I'm asking, very simple, remove that mold, remove that box that you have, that checklist that you have for people when it comes to extending compassion. The Father's heart is for everyone. If we truly want to see the kingdom of God grow, growth begins in you first. There's no way the kingdom of God can grow if we're the stumbling blocks, if we're selective in who can be in God's kingdom and who can't. Love God and love people. Genuinely love people. People matter. Don't forget that. People matter. That's it for today, guys. Thank you for joining me on Post Blog. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button, like button, follow button, share button. All the buttons to stay connected with the Post Blog podcast. Same time, same place next week. I love y'all. But remember, God loves you most.